0: Well, I know you're excited about next Sunday, and I want you to know I'm excited. I recognize that uh, the Lord, for whatever reason, has uh, chosen to make this good church wait a year or so. Uh, A few months ago, I was reading uh, the biography or the resume of this young man, And um, I told Fred of all the resumes that I read that y'all were sent. I didn't read them all, uh, but I read a number. And I felt like that this was the strongest resume that y'all had received. So I have a lot of good, positive feelings. And I certainly will be praying for you. And we look forward uh, as God reveals his will to us. So you be sure uh, to show up next Lord's Day. Somebody asked me, is this your last Sunday? And I'm assuming that the young man will give the church a few weeks' notice, two or three. So I will uh, probably be back a time or two. But this church I have grown to love and appreciate. I thought it was significant that I came here when I was a young fellow And pastored a church for 41 years that was a mission of this church. And now the Lord has allowed me to be uh, retired for 15 years, and I have preached in like 25, six, or seven different churches. And uh, when I get through here, I will not be preaching every Sunday. I might not be preaching at all. When you get 84, you know how that is. But my point is, I want you to know that I have a deep affection for this church, and you folks are uh, good people to preach to, and I've enjoyed our time together. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Romans. If um, I only had one book of the Bible that I could read, and no other book. It might be the book of Romans. The first 1,500 years of the church history, people did not have copies of the Word of God. The Gutenberg Press was invented in 1440, 1445, and it took several years to uh, print the scriptures. People did not have the scriptures. They were hand-copied. And I uh, hope that you do not take for granted how many uh, copies of the Word of God. But if I had to choose a book, only one that I could read, it might be the book of Romans. Romans chapter 8 is filled with great nuggets of theological truth. It is a treasure trove of God revealing His love for us. And so I want to read verses 1, which is a great promise, in chapter 8, and then we'll get to our text a little later. The Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, said, therefore, now the word therefore is a bridge word. It harks back to what has been said before, and if you were to read the first seven chapters, you would... Remember that uh, Romans 3.23 says, All of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In Romans 6.23 it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then in Romans 5.8 it says, But God demonstrated His love for us, and that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. And then we have therefore. Therefore, because we were sinners, therefore, because Christ died for us, because he went to the cross, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Aren't you glad today because of the blood of Christ there is no condemnation for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. And let's now go to our text beginning in verse 26. Today I want to talk to you about the part the Holy Spirit plays in helping us to pray. Prayer for many years has been a source of concern in my own life. I believe you can tell the level of a person's spiritual commitment by finding out the level of his prayer life. Now, all of us say prayer is important. Only those people who have some practice of prayer really believe that. And so, in the last several years, the Lord has been dealing with me about prayer. And I say several years, maybe 20 or 25 But in verse 26, the Bible says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows The mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. In order for verse 1 of chapter 8 to be true, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For that to be true, Jesus had to go to the cross. We are not saved because Jesus taught great parables. We are not born again because he was able to be a good man and leave a good example. We are not saved by the life of Christ. We are born again by the Spirit of God because he went to a place called Calvary. And if you were to go to the index of your Baptist hymnal, they have dedicated a lot of songs to the cross on a hill far away. Stood an old rugged cross, the emblem of suffering and shame. And I love that old cross, so despised by the world, for a world of lost centers was splained. We who love Jesus Christ, I believe, ought to love the cross. Now when you get to chapter 8 of this great book, this book that is a deep well of biblical truth, when you get there you find that it is also a chapter about the Holy Spirit. Now there are 39 verses, I believe, in Romans chapter 8. 19 times there is a reference to the Holy Spirit. Folks, when I began preaching at the ripe old age of 22, I had a college degree, but at that time I had not been to the seminary. And by the way, the young man that will preach to you next Sunday attended the same seminary I went to. It's made a radical change, a great change. And he was well educated. In fact, one of the favorite professors there married a girl who grew up in this church. What I'm saying is, as I believe, according to the will of God, God will send you a man who knows that the Bible is the basis of our Christian faith. And so the Holy Spirit plays an important part. But when I began preaching among many Southern Baptist churches, we were afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit because we recognized that there were some people that, put an overemphasis, but folks, we need to know the person and the plan of God when it comes to the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in the same way the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now let me give you, I'm not trying to uh, try to teach you any Greek or anything, but the word Holy Spirit in the Greek, basically, is the word paracletos. Now, the Greek word kletos means to call. Para is a preposition, and it means to call alongside of. And the word picture for the Holy Spirit is like a mother who has a sick child who lovingly and gladly goes to the side of that sick child and ministers that to that child because of the deep love the mother has for that sick child that's the word picture the parakletos is the one who has come alongside to help us in other words it was a book that meant a great deal to me written by a woman whose name was Catherine Marshall Catherine Marshall was married to the uh, chaplain of the Senate for years, Peter Marshall. And she wrote this great book on the Holy Spirit. It's out of print, but if you ever got a copy of it, you ought to read it. It will enrich your soul. And she called the title of her book, The Helper. And that's what the Holy Spirit is. He is the helper. You remember in John 14, where our our, our Lord was... Uh, noticing that disciples were troubled about something and he began to reveal that there was a time he must go to a place that we call Calvary and down the cross and he said, I am going away, but I will send you another comforter. He uses the same word that is here used for the Holy Spirit. I will send you the parakletos one who will come alongside, one who will help you, one who loves you. The person of the Holy Spirit is not a person to be feared, but to understand that the Holy Spirit plays an integral part in the life of the Christian. And so today I want to talk about the place or the partnership of the Holy Spirit in prayer. I think that prayer ought to be a priority for us as a child of God. I had the privilege one time of meeting and having lunch with a man who wrote, as far as I know, what are the best books on prayer. Of all the hundreds of books that I have in my library, I have more books on prayer than any other one topic. Now you see, the office of preaching is just given to a few people. But folks, the ministry of prayer is given to every Christian. Not all of you can preach, but all of us need to know how to pray because it is the level of our praying that will determine our relationship to Jesus Christ. I thought about maybe getting a little personal today and telling you something about my personal prayer life, but I, I, I have a fear of that. I don't pretend to be a prayer warrior, but I do believe that God has enabled me to get out of car, kindergarten when it comes to a person's prayer life. I recognized a long time ago that I would amount to nothing for God if I did not have a prayer life. I realized many, many years ago that I would not be able to be the man that I believe God wanted me to be in my personal life and behind the pulpit if I did not know something about prayer. I believe prayer is important. And as I go back over the ministry that God has given me, uh, there, there are two things that seem, people seem to remember about me. One is a sermon that I preached on press on, press on. In fact, when I retired, we had a big day that day. They were so glad to get rid of me. I mean, they put on the dog to get rid of me. But they commissioned a professor of music to write a song and the music, and I have it framed in my study at home, And it was on the text where Paul said that we need to forget what is behind and we press on. And I had that little poem that I had heard and people thought I wrote it. It was press on, press on, and you you remember. In fact, someone took a picture of a a, a driver's license. Uh, No, I mean of a tag that had press on and sent it to me. This Christmas, the choir gave me a mat and it had press on, press on, press on. And, and, and I, I, I put it in our little foyer at home and the other day our daughter walked in. She said, oh, I love that. And, and it reminds me that at my ripe old age, God still wants me to press on. Folks, sometimes life is tough. What do we do? Press on. When our hearts are broken, what do we do? Give up? No, we press on. That is what people have remembered. Plus, there's one other thing that people seem to remember. Sermons and lessons and classes that I have taught on prayer. Prayer should be important in your life. And if prayer is not important, I can about tell you where you are in your Christian commitment It is important because the Bible says it is important. Now, we say as Baptists that we're people of the book. We say that we believe from Genesis to Revelation, God has revealed his plan, his purpose, his program. We say we love the word of God. If we do then we will know that there are over 600, and you might not know this, but you need to know it, that in Scripture there are about 650 references to prayer. In the New Testament, there are 25 times that record that our precious Jesus prayed And on a number of occasions, so burdened was our Lord to get along with his father and pray that he got and separated himself from those good men like Peter, James, and John. And he went and he prayed because there was a great burden on his heart. Folks, if you're praying, it's only at the level of the emergency room then you need to go further in prayer. Now, what do I mean by that? Everybody prays in the emergency room. You know, I have been to a lot of people's side during the emergency and nobody has ever said, no, I don't want to pray. They have always been people who appreciated your prayer. I was out visiting a couple uh, this week, and, and the lady came out. She, she said, I'm on the way to the hospital Uh, to have some tests. I said, do you mind if we pray before you leave? She was glad that I had prayer. Prayer is important. Prayer connects us to Holy God. Prayer is a time of getting to know the will of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God. I believe with all my heart when Paul wrote, what was it, about 14 and 15 of the letters of the New Testament, nine times, Out of about 14, Paul says somewhere in that letter to the church, he said, I have been praying for you. Prayer is a priority in Scripture. And we who are the people of God need to have a prayer life. I have more books in my library about prayer than I think any other thing. And I have read many of them. But folks, that does not make me a prayer. Reading books on prayer does not automatically mean you're going to pray. As a preacher, preaching on prayer does not automatically make you a prayer. In fact, I I thought about saying this and... For me to get up and preach on prayer and to tell you how important prayer is, if I did not have a modicum of a prayer life as a Christian, then I would be a hypocrite. And one of the things that I have always feared, even as a young preacher, God, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I don't want to get up and preach on something that I'm not trying to practice. I fall short, Lord. But I don't want to be a hypocrite. I want to believe what I preach and I want to try to practice what I'm preaching. And prayer has been an area of my life where God has enabled me to understand what it means to lay hold of the throne of God and pray and to empty my heart and tell Him what's there because folks, life is not easy and we need the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. This church needs the help of the Holy Spirit in prayer. So prayer is a priority for any person. You young parents who have children that are growing, oh, if you knew how the devil wants to destroy them, you recognize that we're living in an increasing secular world And the devil would want nothing more than to destroy your children. Oh, Christian parents, for no other reason, learn to pray to God on behalf of your children. They need our prayer. Now consider with me for a few minutes. I know I've got to hurry because I have to hurry. Let's consider the practice of prayer. Now by the practice of prayer, I mean actually pray. Practice, and let me define that, it means to do something repeatedly. It means to do something habitually in order that we may be better at it. And so the point is, is if I'm going to pray, then I must do that more than occasionally. I must do it more than just when I need the Lord, that there needs to be a time, I believe, and if you don't agree with me, uh, I'm going to love you and Jesus still loves you and all of that. But folks, if we in our busy life, now hear me now, in our busy life, if you cannot give 10 or 15 minutes a day to the Lord in reading his word and pray, folks, I love you, but if you can't do that, you're way too busy. Now, I'm trying to say to you in a spirit of love, now, I don't misunderstand. I I know I'm retired, but I used to be real busy as a pastor, and it was important to me as I would start my day to spend time with the Lord and now in my old age, it's it's a joy for me to, to spend more time there with God and His Word. And then at night before I get to, to bed, to, to get on my knees and to pray for those that I love and to pray for you and to pray for this church and to pray for churches and, and to empty my heart before God before I go to bed. And throughout the day, and I thought about it, and I, think i'll just go ahead and tell you uh you know every car has a radio and i never listen to the radio in my car never i mean i say never i may have done it one or two times in the last year or two because you see driving around my car and gives you an extra opportunity to pray for people that you see on the street when i pass your house maybe if i know that's where you live i I will breathe a little prayer and ask God to minister to you. There are people in this church that I, I that I pray for. There are people that I know and love that not a day goes by that I do not call their names before holy God at least once or twice a day. Because you see, the Bible says, pray without ceasing. And I say this to the glory of God in the last Many years, I believe the Lord has taught me a little bit about prayer without ceasing. See, it is a joy for me to recognize that whatever the Lord has for me in a particular day, that if I commit that time to Him, Lord, this is your day, your gift, you have given me this day. May I live it, God, for your glory. Prayer is important. It's prayer, it's important for the individual, but folks, it's important for the church. Let me say three things about prayer. First of all, prayer is worship. When we come together, we pray because we believe that prayer is worship. And I think you understand that, but I want you to know something. Prayers work. And that's the reason we need to organize. I forgot to bring it today, but every, every year I I have a new notebook. And I start over and sometimes it takes me two or three weeks to to transfer from uh, 20,023 to 20,024. But I have a a book and I write people's names and I I, I pray for our country. I I pray for the military. I I pray for law enforcement. I I pray for different churches and our association I pray for members of my family. I pray for other things because you need to organize your prayer life. And I would challenge you, if you really want to understand something about the school of prayer, that's what Andrew Murray called it in his great book, the school of prayer, then you will find that you're going to need To organize. There are other things that we organize. I guarantee you right now, you have a certain organized cell phone. And we who are the people of God ought to have a time that we set aside that this is God's time. This is when I will petition my heavenly Father. This is when I will get before Him and give God A part of my day. And I recognize that some of you may disagree with me, and you certainly have a right to be wrong because you're wrong. (laughs) If you do not have a time during the day that you can give to the God who gave his only begotten Son, who forgives our sin and promises us a home in heaven. Isn't God worth that? Therefore, I say to you, you need, and I need to have an organized prayer life. And then prayer, not only is it worship and work, but it's a warfare. That's what Peter said. Be on the alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may destroy. In Ephesians 6, Paul said this, put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to take a stand against the schemes of the devil. And then he said, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the powers of this dark world. Folks, we're in a battle and it's war. It's amazing how sometimes I will be in prayer and I'm praying And before I'm realizing I'm at the Walmart looking at something. My mind just wonders. And that's the reason we need the help of the Holy Spirit, which brings me to my third point, and I know you're glad. It says, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, and then it says, because we do not know how to pray as we ought, one of the areas, if the devil can make us weak, he'll make us weak in prayer because there is where God works. There's where the church... Res- All the great movements of God have been seeded with prayer. And I've read my share of biographies of great men and women. Men and women whose God used them, men and women that God chose to use as instruments of touching people with the gospel, every one of them with that exception, have been men and women who knew how to pray. Prayer, and wasn't it Samuel who he said? Samuel was a prophet and he was a priest. You remember Samuel became, came before David and Solomon and Saul, Saul, David and Solomon. And before those three kings, there was Samuel. And Samuel said, God forbid that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. Folks, the lack of prayer is not just a weakness. It's a sin. And we need to understand God loves us to have fellowship with Him. God desires that we spend time with Him because it is a weakness. He said, in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness for we do not know how to pray as we all, but the Spirit intercedes for us. And then He uses a term with groans that words cannot express. Have you ever been in a situation and your heart is broken or you're disappointed and, and, and that deep emotion was just something that you, you could not articulate verbally? And, and it's, that's, that's, that's what it's talking about, groaning, emotionally involved in something so deep in your soul and the Holy Spirit because He loves us The Holy Spirit, who is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, three gods in one. This great Holy Spirit loves us. By the way, because you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit living within you. It is the Holy Spirit that draws you to the Father. No man comes to the Father, the Bible says, unless the Spirit draws him. And so what I'm trying to say to you, and by the way, I had worked on this sermon weeks before, two or three weeks before I knew the pastor was coming this coming Sunday to preach for you. But oh, if there ever was a week that uh, you need to pray that the Lord would unite you together in prayer and love and that you would come with the single purpose of knowing the will of God and doing the will of God. I uh, have not heard this young man preach, but the most important thing is that he would love Lord, the Lord and love Jesus and love you. And I believe your future is a bright future if you will learn to pray and to love each other and to be the people of God. Oh, he says here, and I'm through. He says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, For we do not know how we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes right now, today. The Holy Spirit's praying for you and me. When I'm troubled, the Holy Spirit prays for me. When I've got a sick child, the Holy Spirit prays for you. When you're going through a deep valley of suffering, the Holy Spirit is interceding for us with groans too deep for words. Notice how he finishes up. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so this week, the Spirit of God will be praying for you for this church. As you come next Sunday in a spirit of love, in a spirit of unity, the psalmist said, oh, how good and perfect it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. And so that's what my heart is, my prayer for you all. And I I believe that God will have his will done. You need to pray. I need to pray. I, I I, I need to learn more about prayer. I need to be a prayer. You need to be a prayer. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word and Lord uh, I, I have such a fear of being a hypocrite, Lord, but I believe in prayer and Lord, I try to practice prayer. And Lord, I want to pray for this good church. I've just fallen in love with it and I thank you for the people, and I thank you for the new friends I've made here, and I thank you for the potential of the future for this good church. And so today, Lord, I pray that uh, the Holy Spirit would take whatever has been according to your will and use it to the furtherance of your kingdom's work at Rocky Mount Baptist Church. Pray this in the precious holy name of Jesus, amen.